0: In the space between innovation, ideals, and execution, a few experts stand out as bridge builders and truly innovators in their own right. What will it take for banks to follow suit? Here with a wealth of innovation information, we have Amy Raiden, independent advisor and author of the Change Makers Playbook. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and fantastic to have you here with us. Speaking of fantastic... We have coming in from New Jersey, Amy Radin. Amy is an independent advisor and author of the Change Makers Playbook How to Seek, Seed, and Scale Innovation at Any Company. Amy's first book captures her field tested experience as the top executive accountable for achieving innovation results under varied, complex, and rapidly changing conditions. Amy is also a judge for the BAI Global Innovation Awards. Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's great to be
0: here, Lou. Thanks for having me. You wrote the book about innovation, <laughs> literally, The Changemaker's Playbook. What did you find out in writing that book that surprised you, and what's the gist of innovation as you discovered it?
1: I mean, to me, the gist of innovation is that it starts with understanding the needs of a real group of people whose problems you want to solve, translating an understanding of those needs into prototypes, being willing to iterate an experiment, which means also accepting failure, and then being able to translate your valid prototype or working model into a business model so that what you've discovered and want to deliver on can actually be executed. So what I discovered and really validated, because I interviewed around 50 other experts, in the course of researching and writing the book, is that innovation can be approached with some method and some discipline and some process, just not the method and discipline and process that maybe work really well to run a large and established organization. And I guess lastly, I'll say, you know, we like to think that we're different as a sector. We're regulated, we're banks, we have our own unique policies and laws and products, but. There's a lot that innovators have in common, irrespective of the company sector, the life stage that your company is in. And so, you know, I find startups can learn from big companies, big companies can learn from startups, bankers can learn from other
0: sectors. How do you know when you have a potentially valid innovation idea and how do you execute on that?
1: I think, you know, you have an idea when you're out in the market actually listening to potential customers, your current customers and clients, and you see they're having a problem, you see what they're struggling with around their financial lives, and you're excited to solve that problem. So it starts with understanding a problem that a large enough audience of people who represent an audience that you want to serve, they're in your target market, and then exposing the idea to users and prototypes so that they can really interact. One of my Early days an innovation mentors said, "Amy, you know you're on to something big when people get really excited about the prototype." So again, not something you can necessarily quantify at the beginning, but when people have an intense reaction, positive or maybe sometimes negative, you know you're on to something they really
0: care about. Now later on down the line, measurement is important. So how is it possible to measure innovation? What are some of the right metrics? Right. Well, first of
1: all, I'll say one of the best ways to kill a great innovation is to impose the traditional metrics that you might use for a big established business on an early idea. Right. So you've got to look early in the game. The way I've done it successfully and seen colleagues do it is when you're at the very, very beginning yet to prove that people are actually going to pull out their wallets, you at least want to look for is there a large enough addressable market? and then I like to do what I call the 1% test. So is there a large enough addressable market that if I only got 1% share, which by the way, is not that easy to get sometimes, I'd be happy. And then based on some back of the envelope estimations of what the major drivers of revenue and expenses might be, does it look like I have a shot at evolving to a business model that could be viable? So early on, you've got to put some stakes in the ground around the market size and the business model dynamics, but you really validate what the performance is gonna be through the prototyping. So the mistake people make sometimes is, it's like, well, let's go into market and we'll see what happens, and things may not work out. If you're testing in prototypes, you know, your financial outlay is very small, but you also can really learn how people are behaving, and that behavior is going to translate into your PNL and and balance sheet dynamics.
0: Now, that may explain why banks find it hard to innovate. Maybe they are putting that cart before the horse. Why is it so hard for banks?
1: Well, I think, you know, and I certainly know lots of bankers, and one of the first things that'll come up when you're having a discussion with a group of bankers, you know, to answer that question is, oh, we have a lot of regulations and we have a bad technology stack. Okay, fine. If you're gonna accept those as real obstacles to innovation, maybe it's just in the sidewalk and go home. Oh, you've gotta go ahead in spite of those things. To me, it comes down to leadership, you know, talent and processes and policies. And I think leadership is the number one issue because, and I don't mean leadership as a hierarchical thing. I mean, is the organization populated with leaders who are willing to not just advocate for change, but actually kind of take the hill daily, execute at a detailed level, the things that need to happen to insert new ways of doing things into the organization. So banks love process. Well, old processes that work for running a scale business can really defeat innovation. So are you willing and able to find ways to, yeah, you want the big machine to run, you've got to generate results. You know, on your commitments to your shareholders. But can you have a parallel process that works for innovation? And I think that's work. So you need the people who are willing to take that on and get the commitment from the top of the house because there will be policies that any innovator will find challenging inside a bank. And the only way to get the exceptions to get through and around those policies for an innovation is to engage oftentimes the most senior executive leadership in the organization.
0: Banks so often, in the absence of that, look with envy at Amazon, Amazon, and Amazon. Now, Amazon, of course, is cited as a disruptor, but are they really a good example for banks? And where else can we look for role model innovators?
1: Right. Well, obviously, we can all learn from Amazon. But they are so far ahead in implementation. You know, they've been at it for over twenty years. So to your point, yeah, Amazon is like this dining char, but let's all remember that everybody laughed at Jeff Bezos. 20 years ago when he said he was going to sell books online and that's one of the reasons he republishes his original shareholder letter every year in amazon's annual report i find it always interesting to go back and reread that so i think the things we can learn from amazon are start small and think big you know bezos started as an online bookseller and i doubt even he certainly none of us could have envisioned aws the vast scope of amazon's merchandising strategy the other thing we can learn from them is experiment, learn, iterate, because success builds on itself. When you have successful experiments, you know, I have a colleague who used to say, "Success has many fathers," I'd say and mothers too. As a woman, right on. But success comes from failing and trip ups once in a while. So I think Amazon is a good, good case history, but I like to look at you know businesses that are a little earlier in their life stages. I mean, the examples are all
0: around us. You are a judge for the BAI Global Innovation Awards. What are some things you're looking forward to this year with the entrance? Yeah. Well, I
1: think, first of all, I've been a judge now for several years and many banks and other financial institutions are making progress, right? so. You know, we tend to beat ourselves up around what haven't we gotten done and how far behind we are. But in reading the applications, it's really fun to see how much is happening. As I think back a lot in digital experience, in mobile, some really impressive efforts on social impact where this industry really can make a difference and in innovating internal processes that end up helping customers as well. Where I'm really excited to see progress is on one of the new categories we've introduced, which is business model. You know, as I think back over the hundreds of submissions that I've reviewed, we are tending to innovate around the traditional business model for banking. And I'd like to see banks experimenting in new business models. So eager
0: to see, eager to see what comes in in that category this year. And as you see them, they hopefully see you as the innovator of innovation. (laughs) I will give you that title because I am an Amy Radin fan. Amy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really great to be part of it. And good luck with all of your many goals for the year. Amy Radin is an independent advisor and author of The Change Makers Playbook, How to Seek, Seed, and Scale Innovation in Any Company. You can look for Amy on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, in concrete terms, innovation meets the needs of a real group of people. Think of the problems you want to solve, then make a prototype and iterate through failure. That's different from the standard MO of banks. Innovators, though, have much in common in and outside the banking industry. So listen to customers and clients to learn what their problem is. Number two, in moving from idea to product or feature, you know you're on something big when people get excited. But you can also kill an idea by trying to measure it too early. So be patient. And if you need a metric, here's one, the 1% market. If your innovation sticks, would you be happy if it landed a 1% market share? If so, push on. And number three, commitment from the top matters. Leadership, talent, processes, and policies are all crucial. But ask yourself, is your organization populated with leaders who not only advocate for change, but are active in making it happen? The process for scaling a business can actually stifle innovation, so make sure to develop a parallel process to innovate. Innovation needs permission to fail and pivot towards eventual success. We hope to see you at the BAI Innovation Summit in Boston, October 8th through 10th. Designed to level the innovation playing field for community-based banking organizations, the BAI Innovation Summit will help you drive innovation and positively impact your bottom line. Register by July 19th to save $300 on your registration. For more information, visit BAI.org. And now BAI Banking Strategies presents... My 21-Year-Old Self, where our podcast guest talks about what they were like at 21, life as an emerging leader, and the advice they give themselves today. From a liberal arts background, Amy Raiden went on to collect her own MBA. No regrets there. But what would she tell her 21-Year-Old Self about passion, purpose, and pressure? Here's how Amy learned to balance high hopes and happiness— a lesson she plans to pass on to her kids.
1: Well, when I was 21, I had graduated from a liberal arts college where I was in a program called the College of Letters, which was the integrated study of history, English, and philosophy. So not what you would expect of somebody on the path to a career in financial services. And I made a good decision that I have no regrets about, which was to get my MBA because I felt I needed that rounding out. I had a great communications and analytic and critical thinking skills, but I wanted that sort of hard grounding in some of the business functions. The thing that I wish I knew then, and I certainly tell my two millennial kids this, is to really take the time to figure out what it is that you're passionate about and to go for it, to really orient yourself around that. There's so much pressure especially now for 21-year-olds who are coming out of school with lots of college debt, certainly a lot more than I had, a lot of pressure about where's the economy going, where the jobs are going to be. And we're in a different world. I think things are going to be more challenging and more complicated. On the other hand, the best way to situate yourself irrespective of the future is to know what you really care about, because I think it's easier to be successful and happy. which We all deserve a shot at happiness in life when we're working on the things that we care about the most. So I figure that out and go for it.
0: Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.